program the program is evolving we should just start our own zoom why do we even do this over zoom what the fuck why i don't it? know man I, we we need our own we need our own little recordable chat client thing with uh we need to just be in the same room how fucking dope would that be if we were like that's coming soon sitting, sitting in a studio microphone over there microphone over here just chatting shooting the shit coming soon yeah we'll get fucking carl sanders to come to us you know that would that would rule yeah what about david ellison bro i'm just gonna like address the pink gorilla in the room right now uh it seems as though he has uh been let go from his gainful employment yeah i guess he's not accepting podcast interviews was my was my question I would I would assume that uh, that that Dave Ellison probably would not take our calls right now. That'd be fun. Um, and that's probably all the better for him. I'm sure that he has a whole lot of thinking to do about this situation that he has put himself into. Um, and I I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know anything about it really. I, I this is as far as I know. Somebody told me that there was a video of David Ellison like jerking off online. And then the next thing I do, he was, he was fired from Megadeth and I looked no further into the situation. Well, there, so the, the, the jerking off video or whatever was him. Um, if, if, you know, this is according to my understanding, there was a video that he created of himself performing an act, right. That he shared with another person who was by, given a, a consenting adult right and that person shared that video with a friend the friend then leaked it and that made it everybody's business now what happens between two consenting adults obviously uh if it's consensual that's great and everybody should feel free to do that the troubling part of all of this um is that apparently there are accusations that mr ellison um groomed this person while they were underage for a certain amount of time uh, sort of conditioning them to behave in a certain way and to expect certain behaviors in return um with someone with someone who was uh was not of the age of consent and all of this <laughs> i say that's the troubling aspect of it all of this is taking place while a uh, an ordained preacher is having a, an extramarital affair. So I suppose there's that to consider as well. There's that. Okay. I've never been the biggest Megadeth fan, to be honest, anyway. I just, that's just my... I mean, I, you know, I, Me- Megadeth is neither here nor there. But when it comes to things like this, you know, people... I gotta, I gotta be really careful about how I put this. A lot of people make mistakes, right? And some of those mistakes are worse than others um and i think that at the end of the day the the most productive way to deal with this is to ensure safety for the vulnerable people who are involved right that's that's priority number one and then beyond that um try and figure out what exactly it's going to take for the the person who did these things right the aggressor the perpetrator however you want to put it what is it going to take to get them to a place where they have something to offer? Because at the end of the day, if we just say, fuck this guy, fuck him forever, um, he's going to 
be out there. I, and, you know, I'm, this is at this point, hypothetical. We're not necessarily talking about this person, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm not he's, saying, he's out I'm not saying David Ellison at all. Yeah. No, I know. And I know you're not, I know you're not. I'm just sort of responding to some of the, some of the discourse that I've seen online. Right. I, yeah, I think why when I say, you pay attention when, you say when, when we, when we come together as a group or when we as individuals say this person did this, right. And this, this thing, whatever it might've been, it could be horrible, right? When we come together and we say, fuck this person now and forever, that really sort of ends any kind of progress that can be made in that situation. And I'm not speaking, I'm not speaking from a place of pity for someone who has hurt another person. Um, I'm not saying that we need to embrace this person and feel sorry for them, but I'm saying that at the end of that exchange, that person is still out there, right? And they may continue to make the same shitty decisions or you know, perpetrate like intentionally harmful acts. Um, unless we, you know, what are we going to do? Come together and throw this person off a cliff or whatever? No, they're still going to be out there. Um, and I, I think that the most important thing that we can do with people like that, who are willing to listen, who can be put into a place where they will listen and pay attention, is is talk to them and say, "This is the wrong that's been done. These are the steps that you can take to make it right." And if you can do that, you will find yourself in a place where if you're redeemed or not, right, if you grow on that journey to try and make things right, you will find yourself in a position where you can help other people who have done similar things make those things right as well, right? Doesn't make you a hero, doesn't necessarily make you a good person. It's, it's a living amends, right? It's continuing to do things to make, to make right whatever damage that you've caused. And I know that I'm rambling right now. I just you know what? This is why I set you up for these things. I know you're going to just knock it out of the well, I was just going to make a jerking off joke, you know, honestly. <laughs> well, yeah, I yeah. fucked that all up, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Way to go, man. Anyway, I love you, though, for real. You're the man. I love you. You're I love you, bro. What? Who are we talking to today? Because the homeboy's in the waiting room, and I don't want to keep Today, I believe we are talking to a gentleman by the name of Dan. I believe Dan. it is Dan. Dan enters is, the waiting room. Who is a member of a truly fantastic, heavy as fuck, brutal technical band from the United Kingdom. They are currently signed to Willow Tip Records. They have a new EP coming out soon called Decinium Ruini. The band is called Unfathomable Ruination. Let's talk to them. Agree. They are. Do you know where in the UK they're from? Anyway, we'll just ask them because I have no idea. There he is. Dan, can you hear us? Uh-oh, Dan is connecting to audio, and then I see a little X. I can see his mouth moving. Can you hear us? Dan's too, his music's too heavy to come through. It is. We can't, uh, we can't hear you. I feel like it, I feel like it keeps failing to connect to audio for him. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's got another this goes microphone back hooked up. He said at the beginning when we just need our own thing because we I feel like we could do this better without Zoom. We can't hear you. Can you we can't hear you? Can you hear us? Can 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 you can you hear me? He's coming. <laughs> oh, he's, he said, fuck that. <laughs> Shit already. 
this, <laughs> you well, well, hopefully, hopefully he'll dial back in and, uh, and we'll hear from him in a second. Did you get, uh, did you get a chance to check out the band? I actually did. I was just saying when I, uh, when I went for a run this morning, I threw on their two 2019 album enraged and unbound. And I thought, it was yes. And that, that for me is probably the best place to start with them. I think that it is their most accomplished piece of songwriting to date. Um, one of the things that I like about this band is that they're taking a lot of that unhinged sort of technicality and brutality that is common on, you know, bands like Severed Records, bands like Comatose Records, another UK band, Twitch of the Death Nerve, I think has a lot in common with them. But what I think sort of brings Unfathomable Ruination apart from the pack is these really catchy parts of melody that just sort of pop out of nowhere right and maybe we can talk to dan about that i see he's trying to connect again Dan's coming back we're just going to keep praising his music what did it for me was the fucking album cover though to be honest i I saw that cool man very different and i i appreciate that especially for something that's like a slam i guess you can consider them more of a slam band in a way there's definitely some slam elements to it dan hello dan earth to dare that was my death level. I thought that was him. I was like, wow. No, yeah, that was oh dude, you thought that was him? That's cool. Yeah, he's got a uh he's fucking in the game for real. It's all it's the wheatgrass. It's the wheatgrass juice I'm drinking, guys. This is um, we're not sponsored by anybody, but I do have uh, some Whole Foods brand brand wheatgrass powder in this. So Whole Foods, come on. Hey guys, can you hear me now? Yeah, Dan. Hey. Hey Dan, hello. Sorry about that. Hold on. So let me switch my videos so we can there you go. So now I can see your faces. There he is. How's it going, guys? Sorry. I literally, I literally just came in from an actual meeting at work from the same fucking issues of like audio problems and everything. It never, it never ends. Never ends. But at least especially, I'm here. Especially in the age of, of COVID when everybody's sort of stuck looking at each other through screens. Is that, so is that what most of your life is like right now? Are you, are you working from home? Yeah, yeah. So that's how it's been for like one year and a half now. So, yeah. but to be fair, I mean, because I'm assistant manager, so I've been working like this before COVID anyway. Oh, but okay. But no, with this much, no, with this yeah, much isolation. Now, yeah. <laughs> now everybody is sort of in that same in that same boat, I guess. But you that's were prepared. It, yeah. You didn't really have to adapt. No, not too much. Yeah. So it's been it's been it hasn't been too bad for me, luckily. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I am Schuler. Um, I'm the dude who's been talking to you uh, on Instagram and such. I, I run the Death Metal Radio account, and today I'm with my buddy Zach uh, from Death Comes Lifting. Hello, sir. How you What's doing, up, brother? So, where in the nice UK are you, bro? We're in London at the moment. Is, is that where you're from originally? So, I'm originally from Ecuador, South America. And then uh, the, the other guitarist is Italian, so he's, well, yes, yeah, from Italy. <laughs> And then the, the vocalist is uh, English, uh, so is the drummer. And now the bass is actually drummer. The last previous bass was Italian as well. So you guys are an international So this is like a, house. a yeah, a, a, a true international uh, meeting of the minds. That's fucking awesome, man. It is. Are, are you guys all in, in the United States? I uh, saw so the meeting is in, is in Canada as well. It was located in Canada. Yeah, we're in the yeah, US. We, we are both in the U.S. I think that sometimes the call routes through Canada when we do international calls. I'm not entirely sure, um, right, but I, I'm in uh, I'm in South Carolina, and Zach is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. But we so before we got you on, we were talking a little bit about the history of Unfathomable Ruination, um, talking about how you guys are gearing up for this new EP, Decinium Ruini, that's about to come out. Um, 
Zach was talking about listening to Raged and Unbound this morning while he was running. We both do a lot of pairing our uh, the shit. Hey, we're gonna look. There you go. There you yeah, go. Yeah, dude. I was just talking about it. also that is some of the sickest artwork in like a modern death metal album that I've seen, and it really. Oh is. man, Elirian Cantor did a, an amazing job with us. Yes. Oh, good mind. Look at you. You got all the connection. Oh. I, I came I came prepared, man. I've got it. I've got everything except the uh, except the self titled first release. And, oh, that, uh, one, that that one's that one's hard to get at the moment. You know? Yeah, that was that one's hard to get. I'm gonna run that yeah. motherfucker down eventually, though. So I've yeah. you know I've I've been listening to the band for a while now. Um, and one of the cool things that me and Zach like to do with with some of the bands that we get on the podcast is sort of compare and contrast the things that we take away uh, from having sort of entered into listening to them at different times. Um, Zach's first experience with you guys was Enraged and Unbound, and one of the things that that makes me think about is just how much the band has progressed since the early days. Like, you guys have, uh, you know, of course, stayed heavy as fuck the entire time, um, but I feel like the unit sort of coheres more at this point in you guys' uh, trajectory as artists. Can you tell us a little bit about the beginning of the band and a little bit about where um, the desire to create music and how it ended up as this kind of music came from? Oh man, so yeah, that, that would be like 10 years ago, 11 years ago, not yeah. 10 years ago. So we started the band in 2010. Uh, originally, it was it was a project for me and Rob. So Rob from Embryonic Depravity, also another another band from London. Um, so we started, you know, the project just obviously, we just jointed, you know, like uh, what's called like influences together. He was a lot into Disgorge. And, you yeah. know, I wanted to do something like really, really fast, you know, like in terms of suffering, you know, the South American Colombian style. Yes. You know, God, they're heavy said, as fuck, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so back in the day, you know, obviously I, I was still in Fleshwood, like back then. So Fleshwood was a, um, I don't know if you know Fleshwood, this was Ben's uh, original band. So I joined his band. Um, definitely check it out. So, okay, uh, for uh, sure. So, so, so the, the, the album released a traumatic work configuration. I think you'll dig it. So I joined, you know, like prior to the release of, of the album as well. And um, yeah, so um, I mean, as, uh, after uh, I left Flesh Road, then me and Rob, we just said, okay, fuck it, let, 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 let's make this band. Because we've been talking about it for a while. And it just, you know, obviously he was still in embryonic depravity. And I believe he was still touring back then. I, I think he was doing a tour with Vomit the Soul and Septical Gorge, like back then. But then after, I think like, you know, like I think the band started to like disintegrate as well. And, you know, after after I left Fleshwood, I said, okay, well, fuck it, let, let, let's do this new project, you know? And uh, yeah. so, yeah, we said, you know, but, you know, from, from the very beginning of the band, I said I said to Rob, I was like, look, you know, I want to make something like Brood or something that metal, but I don't want to put any limits, you know? And and I think this is this is kind of why the, the name of the band came along. So Unfathomable Unf- Renation. This was actually the... The original title for Inundation, which is uh, basically the, the, the second track of the, of the first EP that, you, that you're talking about. So right, Inundation right. of, of Elementary Indifference. So the original title of that song was actually Unfathomable Ruination. But then, you know, you know, when we're reviewing the lyrics and all, we're like, oh, you know, like, actually that name is actually, first of all, it's hard as fuck to pronounce. And it's <laughs> like, it's like, so it's like, it's the best, you know, because uh, obviously I didn't want to make anything like anything poppy. Or like, obviously, yeah. you know, you know, when you make a band, you know, you, you try to be, oh, let's try something catchy, let's try something like, you know, that everyone's going to be like, oh, oh my God, you know. But we're like, <laughs> no, nah, fuck it, this name, this name, it resonated to me and Rob. It's like, yeah, you know, this is, you know, we wanted something underground, something like, 
that 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 is just going to define the band, you know. So yeah, you know, yeah. that's that's how the name actually came along. And also, you know, to the point of like, you know, we wanted to make relentless, you know, something like people think is, oh man, you know, what well, what is it? What does the name mean? You know, apart from ruminations, is so what actually means is like a you know an undecipherable destruction, you know. And this is the kind of thing that the the the, the same one kind of mentality that we write the music, you know, like we never have a goal. We just go with the yeah. flow as long as it's like heavy as fuck and uh, we're happy with it. That's how it is, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that it seems like it's been a pretty fucking useful formula for you guys so far. Um, and so hearing you talk a little bit about where you grew up and your influences, you know, Internal Suffering is one of the fastest fucking heaviest bands that I've ever heard. Um, and uh, I, I can only assume, you know, you, when you mentioned Sceptical Gorge and bands like that as well, and Disgorge bands like that as well, um are you ha, have you been a, a brutal death metal fan um for like how 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 long have you been listening to this kind of music and like where what uh whereabouts did that did that get to, into to, to be honest right so, to be honest is i started playing band when i was like probably 12 years old and uh-huh. then from then on yeah, i just started you know into like you know the radio stuff you know like the offspring you know like all, oh, yeah. all this kind of stuff but then i was like oh this is shit you know, they started, <laughs> started listening to, you know, like, like actually punk, you know, like, uh, like underground punk, you know, like from South yeah. America and, and Spain and stuff like that. And then sooner or later, I was, you know, I was, you know, increasingly, you know, increasing speed of the bands I was listening yeah, yeah. to. So obviously, you know, you get a punk, you know, with, you know, like, with this kind of rhythm. And then you start, and then I started getting to it, like Sepultura, Slayer, Metallica. And oh, I was like, oh, okay. And then it just keep going up and up, you know, to, till I was like, okay, now I need some heavy shit. And I remember, like, you know, the first time I was watching Ace Ventura when I was little, you know, the, the first movie. And then you get yeah. to the famous scene of, you know, Hammer's Match Face. And, you know, like, the, the minute I saw that, I was like, holy shit, you know, I want to rewind that. And I just kept rewinding about that bit with da 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 And then from then on, like, it just blew my mind. So, obviously, like, Cannibal Cross was, like, one of my first, like, dead metal bands I actually got into, you know, by mistake. And yeah. I didn't even know what the general was back then. I was just like, oh, okay, this is like the, the best shit I've ever heard. But then obviously then I discovered death and like, you know, Chuck Shoulder and like all the death discoveries. Like, woof. From then on, it just kept going on and on. And then... Yeah, like um, the... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, I was just saying. So, so, and then from then on, I just started getting into even more underground. I was like, Iniquity is probably like my my most favorite, like, you know, death metal underground band ever. So Iniquity from Denmark. I don't know if you guys are aware. Um... <laughs> And yeah, from then I was like, well, yeah, just keep escalated to heavy and heavy bands. And yeah, so I've never put a limit on myself to what I listen to as well. But I've, you know, death metal is always, always with me, you know, since the very beginning, <laughs> progressively. Yeah. And I, I feel like whenever we talk to musicians who are in specifically in death metal bands, but also play, you know, a particularly fast or technical or, or heavy brand of, of death metal, um, you know, specifically like like unfathomable ruination. Yeah. Um, we always have this really interesting story about the mixture of styles and influences that come mm-hmm. from those musicians, right? Yep. And so to hear you talk about getting into punk early on, and then moving into bands like Sepultura and Pantera, and then all the way up to like Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that, um, I can definitely see where the where the the death metal influence in your in your songwriting comes from. What other stuff do you listen to? Like, where else do you get your your influences? Well, and you know, like just 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 going back again to that point. So, one of the first bands that I actually fell in love with is this band called Todos Tus Muertos, which basically means in English like "All You're Dead," and is a band from Argentina. So they they released this album called um, "Dale Aborigen," which basically means like 
like go up region. And it's just a mix of like punk, hardcore, reggae, salsa. Like it's it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. But but when I listen to it, like holy shit, this don't give a fuck about anything. Like, you know, they just like play really fast and, and they're actually the, the, the concept of albums really dark. And I must have been like probably like what, ten years old, eleven years old when I listened to it. And, and you know, yeah. I had it on cassette and then I bought this on on CD and everything. And I think that was by unconsciously that was the beginning of, of my you know, likes for heavy music or like fast music and all, you know, so and then from then on, obviously, you know, obviously then I started getting, like I was telling you, I go into, you know, punk and then like thrash and then death metal and then whatever else, you know, even new metal, you know, because, you know, it's like everything that was like, for me, any new sounds was interesting. So new, I didn't give a fuck, you know. New metal, like, new metal had a lot of, opened a lot of doors for a lot of people, you know, like I, I grew up in the 90s and I'm from a really small town in the middle of nowhere um in the states and so like without bands like fucking corn and limp biscuit and shit like that being super famous i might not have been able to find a lot of other heavy oh man yeah like yeah you know obviously you know once you once started getting into like you know the, your discourse and kind of one stuff and you're like oh yeah. shit new metal is crap blah, blah, blah. but you know like now obviously i'm I'm 34 and i'm probably like on, on the same i grew up on the 90s as well but yeah. with that like i remember listening to limp biscuit like holy shit these guys are unstoppable you know like I never go into corn that much. I go into corn like l- later on, but then yeah. the biscuit for me is like holy shit, you know, like these guys are like well, there's something else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I'm so I'm I'm 37, and I I heard the first corn record. I think I was in sixth grade when it came out, and it was yeah. popular enough that my friends found it pretty pretty quickly, you know. Um, and I just remember being like unnerved by that guy's voice i was just like this is disturbing like this is kind oh, yeah. of fucking scary and then there, but there was something about awesome. that, that that i liked right no no and of then, course and it was the same with me as well with you know in school like i remember someone brought a sleep on cd mm-hmm. and then they put it on like on their pa where they usually you know announce all this cool shit and then they just play that song and i was like this is the most fucked up shit i've ever heard what is it you know? <laughs> and it, it was there it was actually the iowa cd you know and and the guys yeah. like told me, you know, he's like, come listen to it quick, otherwise the teachers are going to take it away from you. And I remember yeah. just taking that CD and being really scared to, you know, just looking at that go, you know, you know, from the album and just like, fuck, you know, am I ready for this? You know, like, <laughs> but like all, the, all this stuff, man, I love it. Like for me, it's always been a curve and like, uh, you know, and especially writing music and everything, you know, like, especially with the rest of the guys, like we never like capped any influences at all. You know, we, we always listen to a lot of shit and, you know, just to answer your other question as well. So. Like one of my favorite musics to play and to listen is flamenco at the moment. So, yeah. uh, love flamenco, Spanish music as well. Uh, also, I, I dig a lot, you know, like like funk, you know, like slap bass, all, all that kind of amazing shit. Tones, man, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot. Are you into um, what's that guy's name, Zach, that uh, Nick told us to listen to? Bass player, Thundercat. Thundercat, no, I don't think I've listened to that. Never heard him. He's that's his name, right? Yeah, it is Thundercat. We um we had Nick Nedley from Inoculation on here not too long ago, and he plays bass. And he was like, "You got to check out this motherfucker Thundercat. It's like this amazing, crazy funk shit." And it's I I, I did end up listening to it. And it's pretty fucking wild, man. Oh yeah, is it like yeah, is it like yeah. pri- like like primers that kind of that kind of stuff, or like a lot more crazy? There's like there. elements of that there. There's a lot of shit where you don't you know like somebody like me who is primarily into just pretty straightforward versions of what those instruments can do like when i when i hear it i'm like this doesn't even sound like a bass to me man like this shit's fucking crazy 
Is it all the fucking um, like crazy like twelve string tapping and all that shit? Probably. I need to look up the dude actually playing. That would be fun to watch. Um, I, I'm intrigued. Oh, I need to check it out. Check it out. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Thundercat. <laughs> we 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 we're sending you out after this to Let's check go. out to check Let's out go. Thundercat. Shout out yeah. to Nick. Yeah. Yeah. So, feel free. Like actually, I'm quite bummed that the, the other guys could enjoy because obviously a lot of them are still working and some of them have plans. So in the yeah. UK now we got the restriction lifted. Like one, two weeks, one week ago. So everyone's like, oh, let's go for restaurants and, and everything. Yes. So when you send the actual invitation for these, everyone's like, shit, we're already booked. But they, re- they really wanted to join, but they do send, Plus, you know, they, oh, I'm glad cool. we still got you, man. No, no, um, for sure. So speaking of, speaking of the band and speaking of sort of the, the restrictions with COVID having been lifted, um, you guys have got a new EP coming out. Um, yep. which is actually streaming was... now in Mental Ejection. If you guys oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that earlier. Um, what uh, What was the writing? What's First of all, what's the typical writing process like for you guys before COVID, right? Like, right. Do, you, so, do you get into a room? Like, how'd that go? And then how did COVID affect this? Right, so so back, you know, when I was telling you how the, how the band started, so, you know, me and Rob got together. So we're looking for potential drummers. And then luckily, I remember one of my friends saying, like, oh, you got to check this guy out called, you know, called Doug Anderson. You know, he, he used to play in, in a band called uh, Bloodshot Dawn. So Bloodshot Dawn is still going, by the way. So I checked his videos out and I was like, I saw his gravity blast. And like, and like he, he like Doug, the good thing with Doug is like, he's got a very open-minded style of drumming. So it's, it's almost like flow from Cryptopsy. So so he he's a lot based, you know, on the tones and everything that he does on the rock, right? And I was like, this guy's perfect, you know, like, you know, I didn't want, you know, obviously, you know, like, I love all kind of drumming, especially death metal, you know, of course, you know, the main thing is, you know, with the blast beats, how, you know, how fast you can blast or how fast you can play the double bass, etc. But, you know, for, for Unfathomable, you know, we're looking for someone that can, that can add, you know, actual, like, interesting drum feels and all, all of that. So that's when I shoot the message to Doug, right? And and said, like, look, you know, like me, I already, I think already back, back, back then, I, I used to have, like, the two songs already done, you know, with Rob, just guitars, just guitars and the clip. But that's the way I've always written. So I was like, you know, I just like sit down, you know, I record the riffs and I put a click click drum on top. So I said to the other, hey, check it out, check check these two two tracks I have already and let me know what you think. And then he said, Yeah, cool. I'm just gonna put some drums over it. And so he did. <laughs> he literally just like put the put the drums on top of the guitars with click track. I was like, this is sick, you know, like and, 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 and yeah, and this is how we've been writing since like 10 years ago. So I was you know, now it's obviously Ross. So Ross and myself we write all the guitars with a click and now Jake as well because Jake also he he plays guitar mm-hmm. uh, uh, even though he plays bass in, you know with us of course um, but we always write all the songs all the scratch tracks you know with, with guitars and the click track we send it to Doug Doug would just set up like his full acoustic kick like he doesn't do any digital kit or like drum issues or anything you know yeah. with, with room mics and everything and then he'll record the drums he sends it over to us and we're like yeah let's change this let's change that and then once we're happy you know with skeleton the whole then we start in the bass and the vocals. And if there's anything that doesn't work, we always change it around and everything. And then once we're happy with the song, we pretty much say, okay, let's get together and jam it. So just to get a live feel, you know. And this is how we how we've been doing all the albums on Shape, Infinitude, and Enraged until COVID. So actually, you know, like Decidium Renai, so they 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 P, this is the only release that we haven't been able to jam because of COVID. Um but it actually turned out pretty good, you know, since we've yeah, been, you know, yeah. I, I think we've been, since we've been recording and writing uh, for like nine, eight years or whatever. So I think we, we just, we just kind of knew what we wanted. So there was yeah. no need for us to actually jam. 
Uh, and do it you is, think, yeah. Do you think that do you think that not being able to jam maybe changed a little bit about that process, like the you know deciding what to keep and what worked and whatnot? Yeah, absolutely. And and I can guarantee you. So once we start jamming the songs again live, you know, for shows, we're like, oh shit, this actually sounds better, slower or faster. And this yeah. is the kind of stuff that we took live. So when we play live, so so for example, you know, with suspenders. So this is the the first track on the on the new EP. Yeah. So the version that you listen to now, this is how we play it live. But okay. if you listen to that track on the first on the first release, you're gonna be like, holy shit, this is so slow comparison to this one because the live version is how I actually play it. So the yeah. way that we recorded that song, you know, we send the click track and like you know the the, the estimated speed of how we play it live. And Doug actually said, no, that we actually play it faster. So then we increased the click track. It's like, and it's like insanely fucking fast. And it's like, fuck me. Well, if you can, you know, play it, then fuck it. Let's record it that way and, and see how it goes along, you know. I mean, it's intense, man. And I, I, I think that the the specific, like you guys' style of playing, I, I would think would have to be like a difficult sort of thing to retain without being able to practice regularly, right? Like, oh, no. do, you, do you fucking forget? get songs from misshapen because you hadn't played them in so long like, uh, absolutely like because of all this lockdown i know we were joking this with the guys you know because with the like on on saturday last saturday was the only day we were able to meet up as a whole you know mm -hmm. because of the restrictions and we actually said like look we actually took me like two weeks to relearn how to play guitar no actually just <laughs> to play the songs but to fucking play guitar we were joking yeah. about it you know like because it's, it's intense you know like it's, it's muscle memory stuff you yeah. know, if you, if you, you know, if I send you guys one of our tabs, you're going to be like, holy shit, like, how would you remember that? And it's literally, you know, you pick up the guitar, like, okay, now remember that, you know. Uh, well, so one of the things that I, I'm a, I'm a big tech death guy. Um, yeah. I've, uh, my history with this music has been always closely attached to how much it perplexes me when I listen to it, Yeah. Um, which I think is, which I think is cool. Um, and I've seen every now and then when I chat with people sort of informally about technical death metal specifically, there's this point that tends to recur about how it, it's it's such an intense musical regimen to, to, to learn how to play this stuff and to play this stuff live that, that people seem to think that sometimes that drains the fun out of it. Um, yeah. But I don't really feel when I listen to it that it that it works that way. You know, if anything, this feels more like I, I don't know, comparing comparing it to like running a marathon with your friends or something. You know what I mean? You're continuously pushing yourselves. Um, you're trying to break through to new places musically. That's fun. Right. Like, is this it's it's not just like math. Right. Like, no, you got I, no, no, absolutely. Yes. Is that. It's a new way to exercise, you know. That's why I was yeah. laughing, you know, when you when you guys sent us this invitation for this podcast, because like, you know, the rest of the guys was like, "Oh, you're gonna talk about lifting and gym and stuff," because you know, like, we don't have nothing else to say apart from me, because I'm the only one that actually, you know, goes to the gym and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, oh, Dan, you go, you know, you 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 can speak about lifting weights and all this shit. But you know, like, it's exactly what you're saying, right? Like, like this kind of music is like you need to keep practicing, otherwise, like, you know, you just go back to zero really, mm -hmm. really quickly. And um, I think there was an interview with Emulation, you know, from Ross from Emulation. He was kind of, he was yeah. saying the same thing, you know. You need to like like practice this pretty much every day, like to keep the you know the quality of your playing. You know? it's, it's completely true, yeah. Sure. And do you do you feel like that relationship that you have with playing guitar is something that you share 
um, with your relationship with with exercising, with working out? Like how? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, since I was little, I've always liked extreme stuff. You know, I was gonna be like, I gotta play faster or live heavier, and like, I think, I think it is it's the same kind of mentality, you know. And it's funny, you know, because you know when the lockdown started and all the gyms started closing down, I was like, fuck, you know, like everything I love doing is either playing shows or going to a gym and lifting and stuff like that. So that got took take like easily. So yeah. I had to like so I started learning, you know, like calisthenics, you know, which is basically street workers and everything. So all I needed was you know some bars in the park and you know started getting all the statics and the muscle ups and all, all that kind of shit, you know. So that's awesome, bro. Yeah, we, yeah. we did the same nice. thing, man. Yeah, Excellent. we've 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 both been doing that, or I anyway. Zach, Zach actually is a is a trainer and has access to a gym. I I have been doing what you've been doing, and I, I joke and call it prison workouts because I've been in my office, uh, not going to the gym for a year and a half, just doing like body weight exercises and calisthenics and isometrics, right? Like, oh man, take, yeah, taking a fucking bed sheet and like pulling up yeah, against yeah. it just for resistance until a failure, and like that shit. No when joke, I first right? started, yeah, when I first started <laughs> yeah. doing it, I was like, "Man, I'm I'm fucking up. I just need to keep doing this forever." But no, uh, no, no, it's it's, it's, it's pretty intense, and because obviously you go to the gym, you know, if you can't lift a weight, you, you know, you can just pick the the weight, right? With body yeah. weights or calisthenics, you have no choice. You gotta get used to to your own body weight, you know. So it's nuts. <laughs> on your face, literally, instead of yeah, that's dumbbell. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah. Did you, do you, um, are you back to the gym now since the, yeah, 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 back to the gym now, obviously, unfortunately my schedule is a lot, you know, with work at the moment and getting things uh -huh. sorted, um, but I'm trying to get into the, so normally what I do is like, you know, through winter I bulk and then that's when I start like getting on my heavy release and then like through the year. So like before summer, spring, then I start leaning out. So, so I changed my workout routine, like, um, like through the year, basically. So for me, you know, winter it makes more sense. So I can eat more and I can lift more. <laughs> yeah. And then through and then through summer, you know, I just start leaning out and start fasting all that gay shit, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> As it gets going. Goes for sure. Winter, yeah, <laughs> win, win, winter is when you go into bear mode and just start fucking eating everything that you can and lifting. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a big eater anyway. So for me, like it just goes to hand, you know. So the more I eat, the more I can lift. I mean, it's great, yeah. <laughs> do you have a fitness routine when you guys are on the road uh well we, we 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 try to be healthy and we try to like exercise and all but like for example what was the toe you know the the, the toe that we did with aborted well okay you know let, let, you know let's start a few days and see how it goes by day two we were drinking like 20 beers each and like just eating like <laughs> shit and it just gets and we say okay let's take a break and it just gets worse you know because there's some i mean we have breaks obviously especially you know like if we have like uh, like a long tour and then obviously we'll take like one days off, two days off, but no, no, we still drink, but not that much drinking. Cause you know what we realized if you start drinking completely, you just like feel even worse. So what yeah. you do, instead of having 20 beers, you'll probably have like two, three beers, you know? Classic. Then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in, in terms of workers, no, not really. I mean, like we, we, so we sometimes do push-ups, you know, like depends, you know, I think like once or twice we went to the gym, you know, with some guys, I know. Um, I imagine your live show is so intense that that kind of takes its place. It does, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's that's what we try. I mean, we, we keep hydrating now. We know that's really important because <laughs> yeah. we, we learn by mistake not to be dehydrated and uh, play a show. You just, like, you can't do it. Yeah, you, you, you feel like shit. One of the, one of the 
things with not drinking enough water. Like I, I have some dietary restrictions that I've been on for a couple of years that have required me to drink more water. And I've learned that like, not only when I stay hydrated and make sure that I keep my electrolytes balanced, like not only do I perform better and not get cramps and shit like that, but my brain works better too. Like I can think straight, I can focus better. And I can only imagine that playing that kind of music is definitely something that requires that, especially when you're on the road and like playing in an unfamiliar setting. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like one of the, well, I think it was the second tour, the, the second European tour that we ever did. I remember playing in Slovakia and that's what, when we realized what absinthe is, you know, like true absinthe, which is like, yeah, it might as well be petrol and like, like <laughs> hallucinogenics all combined into one. Yeah. So we drank like 12 shots of each, each. Nice. And then strong move. It, yeah, yeah, and then we realized it was abs- every everyone in Slovakia was looking at us like horror because they know what absinthe <laughs> is. We didn't know what absinthe was until we started realizing, you know, like we were like jumping on the tables and like like flying across the bar and all that kind of stuff, you know. Like was this was this before or after the show? After the show. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, like, man, I would have fucking liked to see that. If you no, no. So before the show, we believe it or not, we actually behave quite a lot. So like we've always been like that. So we say, like, okay, we party after, but before the show, we still really we, we always focus on the playing and you know, we yeah. want to make a killer performance as much as we can, you know. For sure. But, um, but then in, in in I think in Slovakia, so that's when we learn like so after we play and then we had like a like raging night. The morning after, I think we must have slept for like half an hour, one hour max. And then we were driving to Austria all the way, all the way there. And then as soon as we got to Austria, because we were first done, we had to load in and play the show. And I like I, I don't even remember like playing that show. It was that bad. <laughs> it was we were like so fucked, you know. So from then on, we said, okay, maybe let's get some sleep and maybe like you know yeah. get some water like before we actually play. Yes, we, we we've had some 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 some, some tough lessons here. Yeah. Actually, we played a good show, apparently. I don't remember it, but I played it was good. <laughs> as long as the people are happy and you feel good about it in retrospect. If somebody told you it was a good show, it was a good show. They yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, and I mean, we've, we've been lucky as well because Vienna is one of our favorite, one of my favorite places to play. So, we always good, good fans over there and good feedback. So, at least it was when's, that, you know. When's the last time you guys played live? It was actually Vienna. <laughs> so, oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah Same was, show or? No, no, no. So this was uh, uh, with United. Uh, so it was I, like, God damn it, dude. I fucking love. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like you're talking about touring with Aborted and Benighted. Those are two of my fucking favorite bands. I would fucking oh, kill to see you guys on a bill with them. And they're the best guys as well, man. Like, we've been so lucky. Like, I actually first Nightline and Talk was with Benighted and Warren and uh, Arose and Amophagia. And yeah. it was the most amazing time, you know. Like the guys from United are like, are like, are like, well, they're, they're like pretty much family to us now, the way we see them. And then, so with the aborted guys, you know, like obviously aborted, you know, like they're a lot more professional, they don't party as much, but they're, they're like, like super nice guys. And yeah, yeah, we've been really lucky to to be touring with them. So I see you got your television poster on the back as well. So that's yes, like, yeah. yeah, I uh, I I make sure to keep the aborted shit flying around. I got more aborted shirts than I do any other band, actually. Excellent. Uh, no, 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 no flex or anything. Yeah, <laughs> but like no, they're sick. They, I love the merch. You know, that yeah. was like that. That was have like amazing merch and like that. We actually take some good example with them with merch because you know when we talk with them, we're like shit, man. I bought it. They have they have merch for everyone. You know, they they're like yeah. they have merch for people that like colors. You know, people that like you know like the you know the simple stuff like I do or whatever. 
Yeah. But then they have such a sick range of merch, and I'm saying like, oh, you know, we we gotta get into that as well, you know. So, oh, one of the one of the, my favorite things about aborted, um, the the you know, I've I've been listening to to them for a long time, and I've I've really enjoyed a lot of the changes that the band has taken stylistically, and I feel like this kind of applies to, or it definitely applies to your band as well, yeah. right? Um, they don't just seem to be making changes for the sake of doing something different. Like it feel like with Aborted, right? If you look at the difference between an album like um, uh, Terror Vision and then say like Strict 9, 213 or something, just completely different stylistically, right? Yeah, yeah. But it feels like there's a mission statement there. It feels more like they're moving towards something. And you can definitely see that progression with your band as well. Um, I felt like enraged and unbound, like it came out late in the year and it kind of surprised me. Uh, and I like, I feel like if I'd had more time with it, it definitely would have been a record where I came out of 2019 going like, God damn, this shit's fucking awesome. But like, yeah. you know, after like a month or two, I was able to really click with it a lot more because there's so much shit going on. But at the same time, there's a lot of really catchy and progressive parts on there. Um, do you feel like you guys sort of took that mindset when you went into making the new EP or like, you know, you've already talked a little bit about sort of the physical creation of it. Um, but what was on you guys mind regarding the sound that you wanted to get, um, specifically talking about moving on from an arranged and unbound? To be honest, like, like I said, we never actually plan, you know, what kind of songs we need to make, like for yeah. any release, like we just start writing. And then we just say, well, you know, this sounds either like too repetitive or like this could be better or whatever. But we never say, oh, let's make something like, uh, you know, let's make a more black metal song or a more grindy song. I mean, to be honest, we actually tried and it was funny. Like, I think it was like one of the, um, I think it was a finitude, so Pestilential Affinity, one of the yeah. tracks I wrote. So on my head, you know, when I was speaking to Ben, I was saying, okay, I'm going to make a grind song. And then when I showed the band, I was like, well, actually, this turned out more black metal now. So he was like, you know, like, it, it, it just doesn't work. He's like, well, whatever goes on, you know, with the writing, it just progresses naturally. Yeah. And in terms of the sound, you know, like, like for example, like one of the songs, In Enraged, so that was a, you know, prophetic composition. So that's one, I don't know if you realize, but we actually have, like, clean vocals on that track. Yeah. But the clean, the clean vocals are, like, more like Gojira, like Gojira kind of vocals. And it's got also the chorus of like Ben doing the lows and the highs and the mediums as well. So it's, it's, it's that kind of shit that we say like, does it work? Does it not? Do we like it? If we like it, we release it. We don't care, you know. So and that was that was you know part of that track, you know. Like we we try the vocals, the clean vocals, and like and it worked, you know. So it was like, oh fuck it, you know. And I, I was talking this with the Jordan from this Tomb as well because they have they have some similar like clean vocals on the new single they released as well. But they're not very like you know like e evident, and this is what I was yeah. saying. So, yeah. You say like Gojira a little bit, like it's a little bit buried in the mix, but not necessarily in a bad way. It's just a little bit more subtle and sort of yeah. the the clean vocal approach on on um, prophetic compulsion. It, it feels a little bit like that pitched that pitched screaming that like uh, Travis from Cattle Decapitation does. That's it. Um, yeah which like that shit is sick to me man and like to see bands sort of to see bands incorporating not necessarily saying we want to do what this other band is doing but to see that becoming something that is available and like encouraged um in in brutal technical death metal which can sometimes be a little bit of a closed off genre regarding what is what what's cool and what's not right 
to see that being accepted, to see that being encouraged, and to see bands trying it and it actually fucking working and sounding good, like that yeah, keeps exactly. me excited, man. I love this shit. No, I see, and, and it's funny you mentioned Cattle as well because you know they're they're friends of ours as well. We played with those yeah. guys a few times, and it's exactly as you said. You know, it, you know, since we watched Travis, you know, like doing all that singing, like crazy, crazy singing, it just kind of rubbed off on us. Yeah, and you know, it's like, oh, you know, like this guy's so sick, you know, like. You know, they, they can do it, we can as well, you know, like, and obviously, yeah. oh, you know, they're completely, you know, they're a completely different game to us, but, you know, we just yeah. wanted to, to experiment. That, that was the mission, you know, to experiment and see if it works. And if we like it, we release it. And then I say, you know. What um, do you feel like, what, what new stuff do you feel like you tried with the new EP, with the Cine Maroon and I? Uh, to be honest, I think with AP, it was a different approach, right? Because obviously this was, First of all, it's like, okay, we, you know, we're 10 years, let's release something as, a, as an anniversary because it's 10 years of the band, right? Yeah. So, and the first mission was to actually re-record, you know, suspending entropy participation, you know, which is, the, you know, the, the one I was describing before, you know, we used yeah. to play so much. We love that track, but it never got to the exposure it deserved. And, you know, the, the sound, you know, the sound quality deserved as well. So that was the first mission. Um, but then the rest is like, okay, so... So obviously Ro Ross wrote the other track, which is a, a Withered Embrace, which is more like, you know, the suffocation, groovy style. And then yeah. Jake actually, you know, like uh, the Great Contaminator. So this is his song. So he actually wrote the wrist for all this song. And this is like, like all the way, like unfathomable, you know, from the misshaping kind of years, you know, like, 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 like full on technical, full on like riffest and everything like malignancy, like this yeah. uh, kind of style. And then the track that I, that I wrote, this uh, cause of pestilence. So this has got like more like ulcerate, Despel Omega influences and all. So it just, it just kind of makes, you know, I think like every track of that EP, just, it just progresses into, into you know, the, all, all the evolution of the band, you know. So we got like the, yeah. really, like, the really crazy tech stuff. And then the, we've got the groovy stuff. Then, of course, the, you know, the, uh, the really heavy slams, you know, from my suspended or whatever. And then... Uh, you know, the, all the new influences that come, you know, even we go the clean guitars, you know, and this pool of pestilence, you know, we got clean guitars and the atmosphere and, you know, like, like crazy riffs all over and then the black metal, like influences everything. You know? So I think we picked a good mix. Yeah. I think I, I agree, man. I, and I, I'm really excited about the possibility of maybe seeing this shit in a live context. Now, forgive me for not knowing, have you guys toured the States before? No. So this is, uh, you know, so funny enough, so before COVID started, we actually, you know, were going to journey into the, you know, the origin, defeat sanity beneath the massacre tour in the States. Yeah. And we were trying to make things work, but then COVID hit and everything, like everything went to shit, you know. Sure. Um, I think the tour is still happening, right? So like we'd be, you know, beneath the massacre and defeat sanity. I think defeat sanity, they actually made it to the U.S., uh, back then, but then you know, COVID started, and you know, I think the, the tour got canceled after a few days, if I remember correctly. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, uh, it was a fucking crazy time, you know. I, it I was. It, it was. Yes, yeah. so I remember that that happened. But obviously, you know, at the same time, you know, we were trying to work things out to join that tour, mm -hmm. but then COVID hit, and we were like, okay, fuck, you know, like we could have gotten into real bad, you know, situations at work, you know, if you would have been stranded in the US and stuff. So yeah, that would have. That would. But stopped. yeah, so. We've been trying to get to the US for, for some time now, for, you know, unfortunately. I, this was the closest one we got because obviously, you know, everything is, you know, conditions, you know, and to yeah. make sure, you know, we're getting the right deals, all the stuff. But we definitely, we definitely want to be there. 
Well, I, I feel like after the restrictions are lifted and bands, especially like bands who travel internationally and who travel across the Atlantic, right? I think yeah. traveling traveling from one European country to another is, is very different from traveling from like Europe to Asia or Europe to America, you know. Um, yeah. I think that once those restrictions relax, we're going to see just a shitload of really amazing bills with a whole bunch of really fucking good bands on it. Because, you know, not only has everybody been wanting to play, um, and and not getting to for a year, but also like so many people's livelihoods rely on the live aspect of it and the selling merch at shows and things like that. And so hopefully what, I, what I'm really hoping that happens for you guys and for, for all the other bands who have been sidelined from COVID is just that a whole lot of demand gets created when it's safe to tour. Um, and we can hopefully, hopefully get you guys over here, but also, you know, get you back to in Europe as well. Is there any, are there any plans to, to hit the road for you yet that you can talk about? Yeah, well, we've got a few plans by the moment because obviously we, we had COVID and we still don't know, what, you know, what's going to happen with the whole restrictions and, you know, yeah. the, well, all, all the rules. But then we also got Brexit as well, you know, on our side. And, you know, ironically, I think to, for us to tour in the U.S. is probably going to be a lot easier now, you know, no because shit. of the I think so, but you know, hopefully not. I mean, hopefully not that you know we can all base it, but hopefully we yeah. can actually make things happen for the US, um, just because of Brexit. And then the Europe, the, the, the European one might be more of an issue. Uh, but again, you know, so obviously we we got we got team, you know, from Matt so which is you know he's great and you know he's he's helping us, you know, trying to find a, a right schedule at the moment. But everything just get you know being cancelled all the time and everything. You know, we we're still going for the. Uh, death check fest in Czech, Czech, Czech Republic but yeah. then we had to pull out as well because again you know we weren't sure of how how we're gonna get you know hold, they hold with visas now because now we need to do the visas uh, so yeah it's a bit messy but you know we never give up we never have we never will so we always make things work somehow <laughs> and I mean you guys have got there's still so many opportunities I think to to continue capitalizing on the momentum of Enraged and Unbound, I feel like there was probably more left in that touring cycle that you guys didn't get to do because everything got shut down. Yeah. Um, and then you add the new stuff on top of that. Um, you you know, it's it's it, it'll come. It'll get here. It's just a question of when. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we're still pretty bummed, you know, that we didn't get to to do a cycle tour for Enraged because, you know, like we felt like, oh, it was, uh, yeah, for me, it's probably our strongest albums by far. And then we had all these plans, you know, like I was telling you, you know, we had a tour with Origin where we're trying to make things work, you know, for a tour in Origin in the States. Then we had some other European tours on the go and more gigs and everything just got cancelled immediately, you know. So, um, yeah, it really fucked us. But, you know, for, fortunately for us, because, you know, like this is not our main job. So obviously we have jobs on the side, we have careers on yeah. the side. So, I mean, like financially, it didn't affect us, luckily. Um, good. good, man. Yeah. yeah, I guess that, that'll be the only thing. <laughs> Well, when you make it over here, man, you you got you got support here. And yeah. Oh man, yeah, we're gonna have some yeah. beers for sure yeah. with you guys. Yeah. That's that's what we're looking for, you know. Like I'm obviously, you know, we love playing the shows and everything, but you know, the parties and to hang out with everyone else and like you know, yeah. drink drink two that's beers or twenty. Out. That that's that's what we enjoy the most for sure. That's, and that's you know that's when the fun conversations come as well. I think. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We are just about at the end of our time today, man. Thank you so much for, for hanging out with us. We, um, we're definitely stoked on the new EP. You know, I, I love you guys shit anyway. I sincerely hope that we get a chance to get you over here in the States at some point soon. Um, before you go, 
We've got a very, very important question that we have to ask you, Dan. Go on. I'm right. gonna let Zach do it. Zach, you gotta right, make, make sure he's prepared. I'm, oh I'm, shit, like, he's, I feel like he's building up. So it's a, it's a big And uh, we're interested to hear what you have to say, especially since uh, how uh, eclectic your music tastes are. I'm, I'm really interested to, to hear, but we oh. gotta ask you, man, what is your favorite Black Sabbath album? Oh man. I knew that was going to be a tough one. The yes. thing, you know, it's funny enough you say that, right? Because, you know, one of the, we, are, we were actually supposed to get, um, well, we were trying, planning to do a cover, you know, for, for the new EP, which was a Black Sabbath cover. And oh, that was, shit. Yeah, but it just didn't work, you know. Like, I, I don't think we, we planned out, you know. We, yeah, I think cool. we were going to get, like, the, the mechanical, you know, the uh, me mechanical license, you know, to order, like, you know, you know I should to, to get a try going. But we just yeah. never got, got, got the ball rolling properly, and I'm still pretty bummed. But um, that was you know, song was. Huh? Can you tell us what song it was? No, because we might still do it. Damn. All right. <laughs> but it, it's from it's from a deal user. Okay. Fair. It, it's not from. It's Fuck yes. Part. I can it, hear it, that. Yeah, that's. But it's, it's, it was, it's not from the Aussie years. But yeah, so it's it's gonna be deal. All right. Hopefully we can still make it happen. So if you guys hear it and you you see that we are announcing the cover from Black Sabbath, you you are the first guys to know that we we're oh, gonna do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Honor. Other way. Yeah. Yeah. But so Black Dio, Sabbath, yeah. Is Dio that, your favorite Sabbath singer? No, actually, I still prefer Ozzy, but like yeah. that particular song that I'm talking about, it's just like, it's cream unfathomable that we can, you know, redo it. I don't know if you guys heard that cover from Bacon Planets from Death, you know, from Human. Yes. Um, so, I mean, we, we can, you know, if, you were gonna, if we were going to pick a cover, we wanted to pick something that, you know, we can make into like more death metal and like, like brutal. Yeah. Not something like, you know, like if we pick a cannibal corpse goes like there's no way we can make that shit heavy because cannibal <laughs> corpse is always heavy shit, you know. Um but yeah, for sure. Um but but to answer your question on the on the on the you know my um uh my favorite Black Sabbath album, I, I just don't think I can do it. You know, it's like with Priest, you know, we always have discussions with with the guys, you know, say, you know, talk about Priest and Black Sabbath, because obviously these are the main, you know, the main two UK. Yeah metal bands we always argue you know who's who's better and everything but in terms of like the albums well, we always just like oh you know like we just can't do it we can't decide it it's like if you ask me what's my favorite dead album i was gonna be like i'll say human and then tomorrow i change my mind I'll be like symbolic and then i change my That's, mind back to human yeah so, i and i've 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 been known to do the same thing with death especially but like my my sabbath my sabbath favorites change from time to time too yeah. so Without committing, without committing to this being a permanent answer, today, 25th May, 2021, what's your favorite Black Sabbath album? We're not letting you off the hook, man. You got to do it. Well, I think it's going to be Black Sabbath then. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Some good shit on that record and sorely underrepresented in a lot of the the, um, the replies that we get when we ask that question. We, we hear a lot of interesting stuff. Surprisingly, a lot of people's favorite is Sabotage, which is also Zach's favorite. Um, not surprisingly, because it's not a fucking killer record, but just... Nice. Right. It's a great album, and that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's just one of those like albums that they're so really hard to get because there's always like amazing tracks in every album as well. Even on the yeah. Aussie years, like the solo stuff from Aussie, like I, st I, st I still love that shit, you know? Yeah, um, sure, man. But in terms oh. of like the best Black Sabbath, like, oh man, you know, like it's just there's so many no good tracks. Yeah. There's no <laughs> then, answer, bro. Exactly. And then, I mean, Black Sabbath for me is, is probably going to be the one. Like I said, I still prefer Aussie more than Dio, but like, and then Dio's got their amazing, like, amazing tracks as well and everything. So, but yeah. But let's go with Black Sabbath today. 
just for you guys. Great, great fucking record. Got it. Love it, man. Awesome, bro. Started it all. Thank all right, man. Well, yeah, Dan, thank you so much for your time. Um, super stoked on the new EP, Unfathomable Ruination, celebrating their 10th anniversary with Decinium Ruini. Check it out soon. Willow Tip Records. Um, thanks again, man. It's good talking to you. Thank you, bro. It's nice to meet you. Hope we can get some beers in the future in person. We, we will definitely be meeting up, man. That's great, brothers. All right, dude. Take care. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. See you. What a good dude. Great dude. He has a great voice. I don't mean to sound, you know, but I can <laughs> talk <laughs> for a while. It's kind of in a trance. Yeah, he's um it's a very uh a very um hypnotizing, yeah. calming demeanor that he has. But uh and you listen to his music and you're like, fuck, really? That that's a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, I know. Like that's that's one of the things that I think is fun about having these conversations you know especially when you talk to motherfuckers who are in like super technical brutal death metal bands and then you find out that they're like really chill uh, it's it's not it's not like it's surprising or anything but it's always it's always gratifying i think i've never been let down on this podcast yet man and i thank you not not once we have lucked out and found some cool people and i'll fucking we're, we're doing this tomorrow night dude i'll see you tomorrow. we are Killer. we're doing it again tomorrow night That's i am very excited one. about that i'm gonna make sure and get some caffeine in my system so that i'm sharp it's gonna be yeah. a good night man it's gonna be a good time man well you enjoy the rest of your day bro i love you thank you, you as well doing. my dude good time we'll catch I'll you i'll catch you next time all right man peace